So here we are, episode 16. Time has flown. Pretty, pretty incredible. So through the process of doing this podcast, I've had several folks ask me a little bit more about my background and frankly, where I came from and how all this started. And uh, I thought I'd do a, a small homage to that in this particular episode with many more to come. There's quite a few things to talk about here. But I suppose I should start like David Copperfield. I am born. Well, I was born in the mid-70s in Kuwait, small little country in the Middle East, after my parents moved there to pursue a business in the recently nationalized oil industry. And it was a booming time, very uh, a lot of hopes, a lot of dreams. And my father actually tied up with two Kuwaiti gentlemen to start a company the year I was born, in fact. My father was an international businessman, and my mother was the quintessential Midwestern Chicagoan housewife. Incredible mother, and honestly, the bravest lady I've ever known. Um, they had actually met on a blind date in Chicago in the 50s, while my father was attending business school and my mother was studying psychology, interestingly enough. And believe me when I say their life deserves a podcast of its own, without question. Um, Kuwait was a very interesting place to grow up, um, especially as a foreigner and not a local. There was a pretty definitive divide between local Kuwaitis and the expat community, be it the Americans or the Brits or Aussies or what have you. And, you know, Indians, Bangladeshis, Filipinos, the, the whole group that was there to essentially rent the run, the underpinnings of the businesses in Kuwait, uh, at the time. And the living conditions were pretty unique as well. Um, believe it or not. And I think this is pretty well known now considering what's transpired, but you know, it would get to 140 degrees Fahrenheit in the summer there. And we'd have to deal with flash dust storms where you literally wouldn't be able to see your hand in front of your face. Um, it was a pretty unique environment. Now, of course, I realize this now didn't quite get that as a child. There were two TV channels when I was growing up, one English and one in Arabic. This is obviously before satellite television and the internet, which obviously changed everything. Um, but, uh, you know, as a child, the best I could hope for was probably 30 minutes of Scooby-Doo every week if I got lucky. Um, I went to an American school from kindergarten onward, which was primarily occupied by expats, as I mentioned before, from the US, UK, Australia, Germany, and other European countries. So I had a pretty vast array of, of people that I interacted with from all kinds of places. And it was really good. It was very cosmopolitan. Um, again, something that I don't know that I, um, uh, valued quite as much in my youth, but certainly now in retrospect, it was, it was wonderful. And interestingly enough, the curriculum and level of education there was substantially beyond what my counterparts were getting here in the U S. And I think the rationale was that we, they wanted to make sure that we, the foreign kids would be ahead of the curve and certainly not behind in the event that we went back home. And, uh, that was an interesting, uh, situation. Most people thought I might've been behind, but, uh, quite frankly, I was, I was about two grades ahead there, which was, which was pretty incredible. And another unique opportunity about being there is that I got a chance to practice martial arts, uh, as a child from a very early age. And I, that's something that carried with me for the rest of my life. And I've applied the principles, uh, uniquely across every, every part of my life since then. 
So maybe a little backdrop on the political situation uh, at the time. So this is when the U.S. and Iraq were very much aligned against Iran. Uh, this is the days of Donald Rumsfeld shaking hands with Saddam Hussein. If you remember that, pretty famous now, how times have changed. And the Iraq-Iran war was in full swing. And the threat of an errant missile strike into Kuwait was ever present. I'll never forget as a child hearing the regular air raid sirens uh, in drill form and then in real form where they really thought there was an invasion, well, not so much an invasion, but an airstrike of some kind, or as I mentioned, some sort of errant missile. And we had drills in school designed to prepare us for uh, an incoming attack. And uh, in fact, sometime around the fourth grade, a misguided missile uh, did hit and demolish one of my school buildings. And I'll never forget it. I mean, everyone was in a panic. We were told to get under our desks and wait until the threat was managed. And it was a pretty horrific scenario, but it was unfortunately something that we eventually got conditioned to expect. And I know that sounds horrible, but uh, anyone that's been in a war zone realizes that's a reality. And all in all, I mean, that seemed pretty normal to me as a child because it was all I effectively knew at the time. I didn't realize I was, you know, doing anything or experiencing anything different than a normal child of my age. And I never visited the U.S. until I was about 10 years old. So my only real frame of reference for the U.S. was my mother's anecdotes and honestly, movies, movies like E.T., Back to the Future, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And I got to say, I mean, it looked like absolute heaven to me. And, you know, I literally watched it from afar because most of my vacations at the time were spent in Europe, mainly London at the time. But in hindsight, I have to say my preteen life was probably a dream to most kids my age in, in the U.S. Um, I had a motorcycle at the ripe old age of six years old and would regularly ride out in the desert not too far from my house with other kids. Um, I'd catch scorpions and jars and I'd hang out at the beach. Yes, Kuwait actually borders a sea despite being a desert. Most people don't really realize that. But um, that being said, I would gl have gladly traded my motorcycle for a BMX bike and a conventional American neighborhood. Um, I would have done anything to be uh, there for Halloween to trick or treat and you know enjoy th real Thanksgiving and actually have a full-fledged Christmas experience in, in, uh, in the States or some Western environment. But once again, this is where my mother was an absolute star. She brought all those things to life for me and all the other American kids living in Kuwait. She organized trick-or-treating in our neighborhoods. She always had Thanksgiving dinner ready with an actual turkey or two and pumpkin pie and everything else. So she nailed it for me as a child and uh, brought a lot of that to life, even though I was a million miles away from that. And, you know, that being said, my childhood was generally not too bad all in all until tragedy actually did strike. I had two sisters uh, growing up, but one died due to extreme asthma when she was 21 and I was about seven years old. So I still remember her, but not obviously as vividly as, as my other sister and my parents did. Uh, but that left my parents mentally and emotionally broken and while they did still do an outstanding job of providing for me, I generally kept to myself quite a bit and relied on my own imagination to keep me inspired. I didn't want to trouble them because I knew what kind of anguish they were dealing with. So that situation 
you know, while incredibly taxing on my parents also sort of sculpted my personality to be more of a loner and, uh, be independent and work on things myself. Honestly, something I believe had a huge impact on my future pursuits. I was very much alone from around seven or eight until we left the country due to the first Gulf war. And I remember that Gulf war vividly, uh, the reports of the Iraqi tanks lining up at the Kuwaiti border, uh, Honestly, when no one actually believed they would invade, this is around 90, 91 timeframe. And, uh, the U S embassy warden system actually alerted us to the fact that this was happening and airlifted us out of the country. Several hours after the evacuation, I remember we got reports that our neighborhood had been occupied by Iraqi troops. So it was a pretty precarious situation. So as this relates to my career and for what you may have already heard through my podcast, I've been inadvertently courting dangerous and near miss life and death experiences most of my life. Um, not by choice sometimes, but, um, as the invasion waged on, we settled in on, uh, the coast of South Carolina where I finished high school rather uneventfully. I spent most of that time in high school perfecting my martial arts, uh, that I, I mentioned carried from practicing in the middle East. Um, I self-educated a ton. I read a lot. Um, I was, absolutely a loner, little interest in academics. And I had a few friends, but nothing, uh, nothing to speak of, uh, of, of magnitude. I wasn't, I didn't embrace school the way I think a lot of people did, uh, you know, that, that have been successful since then. But that trend continued through university where I couldn't care less about business or making money. Um, I think this is a side effect of some of my father's overabundant desire to succeed financially and in business where I missed him a fair bit. And it was quite the departure, honestly, from most people assume about me now that they know me, they would have assumed that I was probably someone that was quite academic and interested in that. But uh, honestly, I wasn't. In fact, um, I never even had a computer until I was in high school. And even then I used it occasionally as a glorified typewriter. So nothing overly amazing there. It was when I moved to New York City after graduating university that I truly appreciated the value of money and some of the pursuits uh, enabled by that. This was also when I started to get acquainted with the power of technology and social engineering. Um, it was then that I really began to understand the true source of leverage and power, I think, honestly. And if you're interested in what happened next, I actually covered that journey in my earlier episode, starting with around episode two of this podcast. Uh, and that was entitled blood on my shirt. And it's a very amusing episode. Well, it's been an incredible ride already, but, uh, to be perfectly honest, I'm just getting started. So thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed a little bit of background on, uh, on me. Have a great day.